0: Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux
1: Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just wanna say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. The pastor's five-year-old daughter noticed that every time her dad got ready to preach, he would always pause a minute and with his eyes closed before he started the message. So one day she asked her dad, Daddy, what are you doing? To which he responded, he was obviously very excited that the daughter had noticed. And he said, Well, honey, what I'm doing is I'm I'm praying to God that he would help me give a good message. To which she responded, Well, how come he doesn't answer your prayer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're actually gonna start by praying, okay? Because I need it. Okay? More important though, I don't want anything that I say to be heard, I want what God wants us to hear to be heard. So, so God, I'm just going to ask You right now, would You help us to hear what You want us to hear today out of Your Word? Your Word's always true and this whole study of Psalm 23 has been such a wonderful learning experience but God, we want to know what it is that You want us to hear today. So, Thank You in advance what You're going to say, Amen. Amen. Well, welcome and thanks for being here and thank you for joining us again as we finish up Psalm 23. This has been kind of an unbelievable journey, you know. More probably outside of John 3:16, Psalm 23 is probably some of the best known scripture in all of the Bible by people. And yet I think it's one that very few people understand the depth of it. And boy, we have really gone into much depth over the last weeks about Psalm 23. So I want to start by asking you, out of this whole journey of Psalm 23, what's been one thing that has stood out to you so far that you have found to be helpful for you out of looking at Psalm 23? Uh, the biggest thing for me was, uh, he leads us beside still waters. It, it sounds good, but that means
2: he's leading you to the deep waters, so the the real deep stuff, and that that's really stuck out
3: to me. I'd have to agree. Yeah,
4: that's yeah. For me, I mean, this whole series has been really transformational because it's really made me personally examine my life. Um, but something, and I think so many times we. We make the word of God so complicated, but the message that Pastor Keith uh, taught last week and about daily having a discipline, daily having a heart of gratitude, and daily being generous. Man, with this past week in our life group, that's all we spent our time in was dissecting that. I got so many texts with people in our life group. Can we talk about that? And I was like, man, yeah, that, that's so cool. So we really dissected that and, and really examined our lives within that. Are we really doing that? As believers, are we doing that? Because that will transform our lives. So for me, like I said, this whole series was transformational, but this last weekend's message was really powerful because it really made me say, okay, God, am I living that out what you want us to live out? And like Pastor Keith said, we're not just to be to live our life surviving, but thriving.
0: Definitely. Overall, the message just spoke to me that God is sufficient. Um, we always try to lead first, and we want to base things on what we think and how we should proceed. But God is the one that created everything, so He has more of an understanding of how our paths collide with other people. And so, He's trying to guide our lives and we have to be obedient to listen. I I like the uh,
2: dissecting this this, uh, verse into every word, every phrase, the way we did because it makes me want to do that with the rest of the Bible when I read it. Um, the Valley of the Shadow of Death and the discussion about shadows and and uh, how we can walk through them. And the other thing was the confidence that uh, that David had to uh, you know say, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And uh, you know. I want that confidence. I want to be able to say that I, I walked the walk that Jesus wants me to walk, and and feel confident in my salvation and and um, so that's where I where I got it. Um, that's what I got out of the verse.
5: For me, the you know walking through. You know, when I learned to walk through something and know that this too shall pass, I mean, parents always say that, you know, this too shall pass or grandma would or somebody. But um, when we had the the first part, when when Keith talked about how a shepherd will go and, And take that wander, and he'll break his leg if he won't listen. And there have been times when I think that God has had to say, well, Dawn, let's just take a rest. Because I was too far into what I wanted and not going where he needed me to be. And for my own good, he stopped me in my tracks. So that for me was the, oh that's what that staff is for, you know, pull me back in.
1: Well, it's only 6 verses, but man, so much meaning in it. And today we come to verse 6 at the very end, and we're going to ask ourselves a question, and here's the question. Do you know the answer to the test? Okay? Now, here's verse 6. I'm reading out the New International version. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay, we're gonna come back to it in a second. You know, we talk about testing. There's a lot of worries about testing going on right now, especially with COVID. Okay, have any of you had the COVID test? Okay, some of you have had the COVID test, and I always think it's interesting how, because uh, I got tested positive. Okay, that that's I I've measured and kind of from here to here, it's about that far. But yet, I think what they put up there was like <laughs> this this big. So I'm still trying to figure out how that got up there and what all happened. But that's a crazy kind of test. But when we think about testing, if you remember in schooling, there's there's kind of two different emotions when it comes to testing. one is you got the test, and all of a sudden you realized, I have no idea what the answer is. And and my, there's almost that's almost a terrifying you know, thought process. Like I I don't even have a clue what the test is. The opposite, though, is when you get the test, you look at it and you realize, I got this. I know, I I know every answer there's a whole different type of emotion right mm-hmm. exactly well the, the reality is this can we agree life is a test mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. and the how we answer the test the final t- the quiz determines the grade <laughs> in life and everything that we do in fact there's a book out by stephen covey called 7 habits of highly effective people and it says that most people who are successful they always start with the end in mind they always know what the end is first because when you know what the end is, the rest of it makes sense. In fact, one of the reasons I love the Bible is because the Bible is such a great bookend. It starts in Genesis with God's creation, unbelievable creation, and then it ends in Revelation with His recreation, even better, that we're going to live forever. It's bookended and how the end is a key to everything in the middle. And, and the same with Psalm 23. You said it, Mark. We start with, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And then it bookends at the very end that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. 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 Now, in between are some great verses. And if you glance at them, there's some great stuff in there. It says, man, what you talked about, Stephen, the fact that there's quiet waters, there's green pastures. He leads me. Even though I walk through the valley, of shadow, death, no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I have a table, a feast before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, all the things we've been talking about. We go, yeah baby! That's where I want to be! I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever! Absolutely! But what happens when that middle stuff isn't all there? When the grass isn't green? When the waters aren't quiet? When it's not a feast? When there is not the good things happening. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Do we still know the answer to the test in that way? And so I want to look at a verse, it's it's a great verse in James. It says this consider it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Life is a test. test. And we're gonna be tested. The question is, do you know the answer to the test? Because David did. And he's gonna give it to us, and it's a key. You know, when we talk about dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, that's not something that David just talked about one time. He talked about multiple times. Here, give me a couple of examples in there Psalm 26, 8, he says this, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Have you ever been to a place that you never wanted to leave? It was so good. The, the moment was so good. The atmosphere, the, the location, the people, whatever. And you didn't want it to leave. I, I, I want to just dwell there. I want to stay there. That, that's what he's talking about. Psalm 84, he says it in a different way and I love this. He says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, it even faints, For the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh sing to joy for the living God. And then he says this, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Mm -hmm. Could we agree David had some great times in his life? Killed Goliath, great victories. A man king, anointed. I mean, so many things. Can we also agree David had some really hard times Mm -hmm. in his life? Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't say, man, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord when it's good. He says, I'm going to dwell in the house often.
2: Forever. Forever.
1: forever good or bad yeah mm-hmm. and that's the key to the test do we really know the answer to the test so i want you to move if you would in psalm to psalm 27 cuz we're going to look at a different verse to kind of dig out a little bit of what this means psalm 27 verse 4 and we're going to look at four keys to really understanding the answer to the test of life dwelling in the house of the lord forever psalm 27 verse 4 here's what it says one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Okay, that's a great verse. There's four things we want to pull out of this briefly to help us understand what does it mean to know the answer to this test, okay? To, to have this, these, these qualities, okay? Here's the first one. It's a desire. Did you catch what he said? He said, "One thing I have desired of the Lord that I seek after. It's the one thing." Now, some of you are too young to remember the movie City Slickers. Mark, you remember? Don, you remember City Slickers? Okay, and there's there's an actor in there. Curly was his name. He's old, crusty, you know. And he always used to say, "There's the one thing. You got to know the one thing." That's what David says. The answer to the test is you have to desire one thing. And you have to desire it more than anything else. He says, I seek after it. I desire it. See, a desire is what you think about all the time. Have you ever heard the phrase, you become what you think about?
5: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, would you agree on that? Absolutely. Now, I would say this, though, so, if that was the case then as a senior in high school, I would have been Cindy Miller. Okay, because that's all I thought about was Cindy. Now, my wife, of course, of 42 years. <laughs> you know, but man, I thought about her. I desired to spend time with her, I desired to, to be with her, I desired to get to know her more. You know what I'm saying? All those kind of things, When you that it's a desire. David says, how much do you desire God? How much do you really seek after that? That's, that's your one desire more than anything else. That, that's what David said. In fact, let me ask you this. When you and I woke up this morning, was our first thought on dwelling with God forever that someday we're going to be with Him forever? Was that our first thought? Was it a desire of our heart today? Was you and I got up that meant, God? As I wake up today, I desire to spend time with you today. I desire to open your Word. I desire to talk to you. I desire to know you today. Is that our desire? Was it our first thought, or is it an after thought? Oh, at the end of the day, oh, man, I didn't even, I didn't, man, I didn't open my Bible at all. I didn't really pray at all today. I should before I go to bed. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He says, when you know the answer to the test, because life's a test, it'll be the fact that you have one desire, more than anything else, and that is to know God in all things and to understand him. We some of you were in a class that we had this week at the class of New Testament. Okay, and there's I'm super excited about it because there's 40 students in there understanding the New Testament. And if you didn't catch this one, There'll be opportunities. We'll do the Old Testament pastors. He's going to teach it here in January, and so there'll be more opportunities. But it was so fun because people are desiring to know God's word, to study it, to learn it, kind of thing. Let me ask you: Do you realize last night God thought about you all night long? That you were His desire all night while you slept. That's all He thought about was you. This morning, when you woke up, that was His first desire was to spend time with you. See when when you and i desire more than anything else the one thing that we seek that we desire to know god to search him to, to have that desire it's going to change everything and you'll know the answer to every test in life it starts with desire starts with desire but here's the second thing then it says it's a dwelling it's not just a desire it's a dwelling he says this, he says, The one thing I desire that I'll seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Same thing in Psalm 23. I may dwell in the house of the Lord how often? Forever.
4: Forever. forever.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. See, in Psalm 23, he's David's been taking us as a journey. Obviously, Christ is a shepherd. God's the shepherd. We're the sheep. And he takes on a journey. First of all, he protects us. Now he provides for us. But ultimately, he gets us to home. Where we get to be at home forever. Forever with him. And no more of the struggle, no more of the pain, no more of the the things that are part of life. Man, it'll be forever. That's what we're eventually going to move towards. Here's the question. Do you know where you're going to spend forever? Really? Or is it just a hope? It's not just a hope for David. He knows where his forever is. He says, I'm going to spend it in the house of the Lord forever. You know, um, it's always good to plan ahead. Right, and I don't know if some of you have even thought about, uh, depending upon age, maybe you guys have. I know Cindy and I have talked about funeral plans and afterlife, you know, plans kind of thing, which I think are important. The, the one thing I've, I've asked my wife is simply this: if that, if that I go before she does, that that she wouldn't replace me with a dog. Okay, that that's my kind of my one request. I mean, don't get a little chihuahua and say I misread. Oh, I misread. I need a chihuahua. I mean, if that's the case. Marry a 35 year old Fabio guy, big muscular, and say, It took this to replace Reed. I mean, I'm... <laughs> honor me, okay? <laughs> but you know, the reality is this, Cindy and I, we're not afraid of that because we know where our forever is. We know that. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, there's no fear of what's after this. We know what that is. And when you know the answer to the test, it makes the test here. Ah, I know what the answer is. I can be with God forever. Man, okay, so this is not easy and this is not fun and this is not what I desired. But man, but it says that I may dwell. Here's what I wonder Do we dwell on that thought or do we just visit it every now and then? He says, I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I want to spend time there. I don't want to just, quote, come to church. Maybe once every couple weeks, or I'll check online and check in. No, this is the place that I go to and I I spend there. It says to live there or stay there as a a permanent resident there. See, you know, it's interesting. As a kid growing up, I grew up in a little town of Chancellor, South Dakota. You know what? I used to love to sneak into church. That sounds crazy, but the church was open at different times of the week. And the organist, this sounds crazy, but I'm probably seven years old, six, seven years old. And the organist would come and she practiced first Sunday on Saturday. I would sneak into church and I'd lay in the back pews and I'd listen to the music. And I loved to be in the house of God. I absolutely loved it. Even today, I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to get together with people and be a part of it. To dwell with God's people, to dwell in the place where God is. It's a key. You know, David wanted to dwell where God was. Now, not just in heaven forever, but here on earth. Wherever God is, bam, that's where I wanna be. Because how many know that maybe it wasn't always a sanctuary? It was maybe a cave. Make sense? It was a wilderness. It was a very hard spot. But he said, doesn't matter. I don't care what's, what I'm going through. My desire, my desire more than anything else, I wanna seek after God is to dwell where He is. Wherever God is, that's where I wanna be. God, where He at, that's where I wanna be. Okay? Before I move on, let's talk about this for a second. What goes to your mind when you talk about the depth of emotion that, that Dave is talking about? That, man, God, I want to I desire you more than anything else and I want to dwell where you are. That's where I want to be. What goes to your mind?
5: I get all choked up. Um, when you were just talking about it, creating me a right spirit. I love that part of the song. I can't sing the whole thing and I'm not you or Keith, so I'm not going to sing it. But... Um, I, um, when I think about that, all day long I talk to Him like He's my best friend and He really cares. Like I said last night about whether I bought milk or didn't buy milk because I didn't listen. You know, And I always think, wow, He tried to help me have a better day today, but I didn't listen. Um, I can't wait to see what the beauty of heaven is going to be. Um, No matter what sorrow comes in our life, Uh, Someday it won't be anymore. and I just want for my kids and my grandkids and all these beautiful kids that we work with at church to know that no matter what heartache is there today, that He's right here walking with me and you, and someday we're going to walk on streets of gold and we'll never have sorrow again. It just fills me up with so much excitement Mm -hmm. to never feel bad again. Mm
3: Can't imagine that. It makes me think of um, an illustration that we saw at our or in our life group um, on Monday um, from Francis Chan. He had a long rope, and about that much of it was colored red, and that I guess demonstrated how much time we have here on Earth compared to forever. I mean. So many people are so worried about their image and what they um, look like and what they have, you know, materialistically and um, but what you have during that time here on earth really determines how you're gonna spend your eternity. You know.
4: That's so good. Just going off of what Mina is saying is how many times do we dwell or desire things that that don't matter? You know, we dwell on things that are so petty or whatever it may be. And, and then I just go back to that verse in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else will be added. Mm-hmm. But how many times do we seek other things first and then God you're an afterthought or if I have time for you. Yep. But knowing is it, is, is it my hope or do I desire and know that God I am gonna dwell in your house forever.
1: It's not just a desire, it's not just dwelling, but it's daily. Did you catch where he says, all the days of my life. He didn't say, oh, every so on or every now and then or once a week. No, he said all the days of my life. Pastor Keith talked about this last week. The fact of daily habits, not just once a week. you know, I I read a phrase and I think it's true. Winners do daily what others do occasionally. Winners do daily what others do occasionally. Daily habits equal long-term success in anything in life. You know, in, in the Celebrate Life journey, we talk about the fact that we, we try to teach habits to people, that basic habits. So, for example, daily habits of spending time in God's Word, daily. Spending time in prayer, daily. That's a daily habit, okay, in God's presence. But then, even weekly habits, both of you guys have talked about it, life group. And the importance of community then, not just worship, but then in really talking through and studying Scripture together. That's a, that's a habit. Serving's a habit. Tithing, is a habit. It's been interesting. One of the things that I've noticed, I don't know about you, but I'll just say I've noticed of a lot of people who, quote, would say they love God, and I'm not doubting that, but that COVID's been a test for them. And you know what I found out is this? That they haven't maintained habits. They haven't maintained habits. Mm-hmm. Their dwelling is all in other things. I've made a number of phone calls over the last couple of weeks to people, just, hey, how are you? And let's talk about things, because here's what I've noticed. They stopped serving. They stopped attending. Make sense? They stopped being in a life group. They stopped giving. And all those are symptoms of something over here that they stopped doing. They stopped desiring. They stopped dwelling. They stopped doing something daily. And now they're over here and they say, you know what, man, I just don't know. I just, I'm struggling. Well, there's a reason (laughs) that you're struggling for that. There, you know, one of the things that, that Cindy and I had decided early in life, when we got married, is the fact this: there will never come a point in time, ever, that we won't tithe first, mm-hmm. ever. Period. Yeah. Let's say it's tight financially, and we don't have as much money for Christmas gifts. I will go without a Christmas gift versus taking something that belongs to Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's a decision made early because I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And because of that, there's not going to be a time that if we're in town, we're going to worship, yep. period! Yep. That, that's how it's going to be kind of thing. And In fact, if you would turn to Psalm 1, would you just real quick turn to Psalm 1 here? Because I love how it says it here, I'm going to read again out of the New International Version. Think about this, verse 1, Blessed is the man, of course the woman, okay, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight, we're gonna come to that word here in a second, is in the law of God. And on his law, he meditates how often? Day and night. Think about this. Day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and le- whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do, they want
4: Shall prosper. Okay. Think about
1: this. Whatever they do, they prosper. Now, how many think that's a good thing? Absolutely. It says my cup overflows. Remember? He said it later, my cup overflows and goodness and love pursue me. How many of you would love to have goodness and just love pursue you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How'd you like to have say, God, I'm I can't take any more blessings?
5: Mm-hmm. just get
1: back, get back blessings. You know. It says it happens. Why? Because it's desire, you're dwelling, and you're doing it how often. Daily. Daily. When you do it daily, God says, your cup's going to overflow. It's going to overflow. It's going to overflow. It's going to overflow because you know the answer to the test. That's what's happening in that way, okay? It's interesting. I I, I talked to a, a guy this week that I I love with all my heart. And I won't go into their story, but they were in a very dark spot 3 years ago. Very dark spot, personally in their marriage. I mean, it was done. And all we tried to do is say, "Listen, how about just one day at a time?" Just one day at a time, just spend time with God. That's that's it, just spend time with God every day, word, prayer. Every week spend time with accountability, get around people, start serving. And you know what? For three years they've done that. I talked this week and you know what? All aspects of their life are boom! Upside down, flipped over. He feels God's calling him to ministry. Their marriage is super together and God used them in a way this week that they were in a situation that they saw a need of someone that was a waitress. Said, "How can we pray for you?" The waitress said, I, I, I'm, "I'm being evicted because I can't get enough hours. I'm going to have to go to a shelter." And they said, "No, you're not. We're paying your month's rent." Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that mm-hmm. overnight? No, daily, 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 That's so daily. That's yeah. And so, what's the answer to the test? It's dwelling in the house of the Lord. It's your desire, your dwelling. It's daily. Here's the fourth thing. It's a delight. It's a delight. you know. He just said that in, in Psalm 1, it said there that in his, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In fact, it says to behold the beauty of the Lord and to choir in his temple. I like how Psalm 36, 8 says it this way. It says, God's people will feast on the abundance of your house and God, you will give them drink from the rivers of your delight. I love that phrase. It's the same word, delight, is the same word as they started in the Garden of Eden. Can you imagine how perfect the garden was? Mm -hmm. I mean, can you just, I mean, you you can't really, can you? It was perfect. But you know what's crazy? The end of Revelation is better Mm -hmm. because he's recreating it even better. And when you read it, the book of Revelation of what what we're going to see dawn, you talked about it, the streets of gold, I mean, everything, I go, I can't wait. I can't wait, and it's delight. Everything will be a delight. That's what it is. He says that's where I want to be forever. But you know what? In order to get there, means that we take every day that same attitude. Mm-hmm. We don't just, well, someday. Exactly. No, someday is now. Heaven on earth, mm-hmm. here, and that's our attitude now as well. Yeah. So before we jump on, let's talk about this. What it goes to your mind when you talk about the fact of of we talked about. Desire. We talk about dueling, but now daily, daily, and it becomes our delight that that's what we long for. We just we can't wait, and every day becomes like that. What goes through your mind now?
0: To me, it's the cement of the foundation. Uh, it's that's what puts it all together because it's persistency. When you're doing something over and over and over repetitively, it becomes a part of you.
4: Yeah, I love that you keep on coming back to that daily and even last week in, in Psalm 1, verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That means that it's planted. That means that it's taken time. They give it time to grow on the roots. You know what I mean? So it's it's those disciplines and those habits that you, that you create that at the beginning it might be painful or it might suck, but you know that through that time you've built that discipline and habit that you delight in it, you love it.
2: We see you know, world-class athletes and world-class musicians. And, you know, I have friends who are what I would consider world-class musicians. And they're gifted, but they work harder than anybody. Mm-hmm. They work harder than anybody oh. to hone their skill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see our our walk with God as the same way. It's uh, It's not something you... You just do on the weekend, or once in a while, or when you just really have some time to sit down and and uh, relax with your Bible. But uh, it requires a daily uh, workout, if you
3: will. I think it really boils down to you make time for what is most important to you. You know, whether it be your marriage, your children, but most of all, time with the Lord, because that will. I guess, dictate how other relationships and how your overall day and life go. Right.
1: Life's a test. It's not going to always be great, but we know the answer to the test. The answer to the test is, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm-hmm. That's it. Which is what we've talked about, okay, so is it our delight? First of all, is it our desire? Is our desire? Are we dwelling there? Are we doing it daily? Is it our delight? If that's the case, then I want to finish off by talking about when you know the answer to the test, there's three things that it'll show up in our life. Okay, Here's one. It doesn't matter what you're going through. (laughs) I mean, when you know the answer to the test, it doesn't matter what you're going through. In fact, jump real quick over to Psalm 34 a minute. Because we talked about the fact that David had some very high highs in his life. Psalm 34, he is now being chased by... An enemy trying to kill him. He just pretended, I won't go through the whole story, but he just pretended he was insane, okay? And so he has no army, he has nobody, they're trying to kill him. And yet, look what he says in this. Here's verse one I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice, glorify the Lord with me, and let's exalt his name together. (laughs) What? Are you kidding me? Now that sounds like someone who just got, you know, a huge honor. Yeah. Man, got a huge reward. He just got the MVP in sports or whatever the case. Is. Yeah, I got all the credit. He's being chased for his life, people are trying to kill him. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. See, when you know the answer to the test, man, it doesn't matter. And that's why I come back to Psalm 23. I think a lot of times what happens is Christians, and you guys mentioned this, that when everything's going great, God's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when things aren't going great, is God still great? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of times, no, it's not. Because they don't know how to do this. You know, I look at what Jesus did on the cross. And when you think about what happened on the cross, everything he suffered on the cross, but yet he did it. Why? It's interesting. Just listen to this. This is out of Hebrews 12. He says this. Therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. He says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinful men that you'll never grow weary and lose heart. Jesus on the cross still forgave. Jesus on the cross, he loved Jesus on the cross, he gave hope, right? Why? Because he was dwelling in the house of his father forever. He knew the answer to the test. So when you know the answer to the test and you know that I'm gonna be in the house of God forever, I'm dwelling there daily, doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what happens. COVID, yep, yep, doesn't matter. Cancer, yep, yep. Finances, doesn't matter. Make sense? Yeah. Right. I'm dwelling. That's where I'm at. I know the answer to the test. But Here's the second thing I think as well. When you know the answer to the test, you won't hold on to things that won't last. You won't hold on to things that won't last. We talk about what do people dwell on? What do people hold on to? Man, I find that they hold on to things that don't last. The reality is this, a lot of majority of people boy, spend very little time thinking about eternity. And yet the reality is they spend all their life engaging things here, and five seconds after they're dead, mm-hmm. it's all gone. Yeah. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And yet they spent their whole life chasing it. Mm-hmm. No, when you know the answer to the test, test I'm gonna I- I'm gonna dwell on the house of the Lord forever, mm-hmm. then that's what I think about yeah. continually. You know, Matthew 16, 26 says this: what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more in your soul? I I heard a guy say it this way. I thought it was so good. He said, Take sticky notes, just sticky notes, and go everywhere that you see and put a sticky note on something that won't last into eternity. Think about that. Just go through your home and look at it. TV, car, everything. Make sense? Where will sticky notes be? Everywhere except people. People is the only thing that will last into eternity. That's why Jesus said, man, that's what we should be thinking about. Paul said it this way, Philippians 1. Remember always to live as Christians should so that you're standing side by side with one strong purpose to tell the good news. That should be our goal. When you know the answer to the test, you don't spend time gathering everything that won't last. It's all sticky notes. Instead, no, we're going to do it on things that last forever. You know, John Maxwell Many of you have read maybe some of his books. He was obviously a pastor for a number of years. One of his first pastors was in a small town in Ohio and there, there are two older ladies that asked John, hey, our brother is failing. Would you go visit him in the hospital? And So John did. Shortly after, the man passed away and they said, would you do his funeral? And It hit John. He had no idea where the man was spiritually. Here he had visited him but he never he never asked a question and it so gripped him that he said, I'll never do that again. And the next year, he personally led 186 people to make decisions for Jesus. Next year, because he says, "I have to think about one thing: where are they going when they die? That's where it has to be." You know, the the fastest growing religion in America right now. You know what they call it? The nuns. You ever heard that? The nuns, which means no affiliation. They're religious. They believe in religious things, but they're not. They're connecting anything because they don't see anybody that's connecting themselves to anything here. They say that people believe in God, but they're chasing everything here. And they say we want nothing to do with it at all. Because they don't, it's not important to them. Why should it be important to me? See, the reality is this, when we know the answer to the test, the test is where are we going to spend eternity? I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Then everything here is about that. And taking people with us as well. What's going through your mind when we talk about those things?
4: And as you talk about that, and it's just, it just keeps on going in my mind. Is that people have a misconception of when when God said about David? You know, it's a man after my own heart. It's not because he was sinless or he was perfect, but he pursued God and he pursued God's presence every single day of his life, no matter the circumstance, no matter where he was. If he wasn't in the temple when he was being chased, and he was in caves. God. Your presence is here. I'm gonna dwell in that every single day of my life, and He He has so much conviction in that that I just think of that, and us as believers, just imagine if that was our heart, if that was our heart, no matter no matter where I'm at in life. God, you are good. I will dwell in your presence. You know what I mean. And going back to where we were saying, the testimony that it, that it is to people, that, that when they see that. Well, I know he 's going through hard times, but why is he so joyful? Why is, you know what I mean? What a testimony that can be to people for them to come to know jesus that 's so powerful
5: I need nothing i want I want to go out and make sure everybody else knows and feels that way someday you know that they need nothing um, they 've got us until we get there and and we 're going to walk with them on everything that they have, but we want to. I don't want one more person, we just said this a little while ago, not one more one of our friends to wonder, but did we know if they were going? Did we say anything? Why didn't we say you know, I never want to do that again. So I, Jesus has to be my top priority for everyone I meet.
1: What a difference it would make in the world if people who were followers of Jesus, everyone had that understanding, I know the answer to the test, that man, the Lord is my shepherd. I have nothing. I, I have want of nothing. And on the other end, I'm going to dwell on the house of the Lord forever. I know what that's about, and man, it's it's their desire, their dwelling. It's daily, it's their delight, and because of that, man, it doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what we're going through. This temporary, this is no big deal kind of thing. And I'm not going to hold on to things that they're all sticky notes. I'm not going to last on this kind of thing. The last thought is this: if if we could live that way, then you know what? Then every day has meaning. Every day that has meaning. It there's an old phrase that says, if you wake up in the morning, there's not a chalk line around your body, it's a great day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a reason for you to be living that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's somebody I'm supposed to help. There's somebody I'm supposed to bless. There's somebody I'm supposed, I'm supposed to give myself to. You know, there's a lot of people that maybe even during this time of COVID are struggling. They're they're even isolated themselves or they're kind of working through depression now. Give. Yeah. Give to somebody. There's a reason you're supposed to be living today. A lot of times again, people think, man, I'm just going to hang on for heaven. Just going to hang on for heaven." Well, no, 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 you lose in the reason of why God gave you life here now. If that was the case, he'd just take us. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're dead, you, let's go to heaven. No, we have a purpose. We're a reason for that. You know it's interesting. I, something I've been telling about the last. This last week's an interesting one for me. Uh, it's been 47 years since I've been in the ER. OK, the hospital uniform. And uh, and so I I I I I was struggling physically. uh, Had highs from top to bottom. Incredible nausea. I was I was I was just really sick. And so I told my wife. I said, "Okay, we got to go. We got to go to the ER. Okay, because I I I'm really struggling." And it was interesting because obviously I'm walking through this as well. And so I, I get to the ER. And they get me in there, and, and just wonderful people that were helpful, just wonderful people. But the nurse came back and they started putting me in IVs of, of uh, anti nauseous stuff and, and uh, Benadryl and all this kind of stuff, fluids and all this kind of thing. She came over and said, Can I, can I make an observation? I said, Yeah. She said, You look really miserable.
4: <laughs> I said,
1: good choice, good choice, kind of thing. But you know what? I went, th- I went through this and I-, I wasn't asking, God, why me? I went, You know, God, you're dwelling here right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in your dwelling place, because mm-hmm. you're you're everywhere. I'm right here. God, I, w- I just want to be here with you. Help me to hear what you're hearing, and help me to be a part of that. And you know what's crazy, because obviously there's people around. There's sheets. I mean, uh, uh, kind of uh, curtains around. But I'm here in the discussion. I started praying for the person over here it was a Hispanic woman who, through an interpreter, was saying that she had fallen. She was injured. And I just started. God, would you be with her? Would you help her? Then I prayed for a guy that was they were taken back to the glory house. And he was in a situation where I was going to be isolated. And I don't know his whole story, but God, would you be with him? But then a nurse came in and started talking to her. And I wasn't paying super attention, but I said, "Did you working this weekend? She said, Yep, my last weekend, then I'm going to have a baby. I said, Oh, yep, okay, you are. I think, Okay, God, I want to pray for her. God, I want to pray for her. Then I prayed for a nurse that came and said, You know, uh, you have to work this weekend. She said, Yeah, this week and next weekend. She said, And Halloween weekend is just always, always the worst. I said, Okay, God, I want to pray for her, God. God, what needs, what, what is around me? And I just started praying because I said, God, you're here right now. There's a reason I'm here, and it's not, quote, a negative. Maybe I'm supposed to minister here. Then it was interesting. The lead nurse that was there, I just said, hey, I just want to tell you, I'm so grateful for everything you're doing. I just want to say thank you. She said, Can I make a statement to you? I said, sure. She said, I don't know what it is about you. She said, I've never heard anybody be thankful for being in here. She said, I don't know why that is. And I said, Well, I said, I love Jesus with all my heart. And there's a I'm I'm never alone. This is okay. God's with me. She said, Well, can I tell you, you're probably the nicest person I've ever met in all my years of ER here. I said, well, how can I pray for you? She said, well, I think I need to pray for you. I think, But that was my, it was my thought. There was a meaning for me to be there that day. That God, there's a reason. I want to be in your dwelling place. There's a purpose for me to be here that day. And so the question is this. Do you know the answer to the test? Where are you going when this life ends? Do you really know it? Really? Do you know that you're going to be dwelling in the house of the Lord forever? Is there any doubt at all? If there's a doubt, let's take care of that now. But even if you think that's the case, are you dwelling in the house of the Lord every day? Is it your desire, your delight? That's where you dwell more than anything else. That's what I want. And I want everybody else to know it. I'm not going to hang on to this stuff anymore. Because you know what? Just like David found out, whether you're the king, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm in a cave, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, I'm royalty. I'm going to dwell in the house. I'm being chased to try to be killed. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's going on. Cancer, COVID, death, finances, doesn't matter. I know the answer to the test. I'm going to live in the house of the Lord. How often? Forever. 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 Any last thoughts go through your mind?
4: I think it's so important that we can come out of this and be like, man, this was a good message, and that's where it stays.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. Or We can be like, God, I want this to come alive in my life. Mm -hmm. Transform my life to when people see me that they see you. We're not promised tomorrow. So many times in my life, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll start reading the Bible tomorrow. I'll start, I'll go to a life group next week. I'll, I'll print it. We don't, we're not promised tomorrow. God, I'm going to start now. And knowing that that can change someone's life, not because of of us, but because of the power of Jesus. But knowing God, try, I need to be transformed, and the Word of God will transform us.
3: And I think that's where the power of, the, of your personal testimony comes in because I mean, if you share your testimony with non-believers or even believers, you know, I mean, like for me, when my relationship with Christ wasn't so strong and I was walking through valleys, you know, it was, I was worried, I had anxiety, I was depressed, I was trying to control everything. And now that I've strengthened my relationship with Christ, it's like, I'm good, you know, (laughs) like, you know, it's, whether it goes this way, whether it goes that way, I'm good because God's got it.
5: Being an example, I think, you years ago said something about how you had a couch and every morning David watched you pray in that position on the couch. And then he took the couch and now his son sees him praying on that couch. I want a couch. I want a read couch. That's that, I went home a few years ago and I was like, I need to pray in one place. But I need to do it every day so that even when my grandkids are seeing me, because now I'm old and my kids aren't home, um, my grandkids need to see that I have a habit every day. Wait a minute, you don't bother Nana because she's in prayer time. Um, one of my grandsons likes to come and sit next to me when I pray, and I just love to have him crawl next to me. And He just, he just waits right there with me. He just he loves it. He doesn't say anything, he just loves it. So I, I want to be an example. And every day I have to do that because you never know when those kids are watching.
1: Well, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the answer to every test. Father God, I say thank you for your word, how true it is. And God forgive me for the times that I it has not been my desire. I've not dwelt. God, I I've chased things of the world and I've held on to those things and God, forgive me for that. God, I, I pray if there's anybody listening right now that they don't know that they would live in the house of, with you forever with, when this life ends. God, that they would do that by simply saying, Dear Jesus, I ask that you'd come into my life and take my life. I give it to you. And In doing so, God, that they would start a direction and spending time with you every day in your Word. They'd come to know you and what a great God you are. God, you're a good, good shepherd. You're so good. And thank you for teaching us more and more about your qualities and your love. We love you and ask this in your name. Amen.
5: Amen. Amen.
1: Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We
3: love you and we believe in you. God bless.